Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. mountain flows to the lowest valleys hallelujah and if we're going to make it personal hallelujah i know how the blood has covered my life i know the blood has kept me has raised me has saved me it's through the blood that i'm healed and delivered and set free hallelujah just yell across the room if you if you feel like it and just say i know the blood still works my God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Would you help me to appreciate the Tabernacle of Praise Church, choir, music department. Hallelujah. Thank God for the ministry that they provide, certainly to help set the stage, help create the atmosphere, whereby we're able to uh, certainly uh, feel up to setting the atmosphere so that the spirit of the Lord it might, might come in. And many don't understand and know how important it is for us to recreate the right kind of atmosphere for God to dwell in. Hallelujah. The word says that he dwells in the praises of his people. And so we're always grateful to the Lord when we have the opportunity and have those that don't mind making that kind of sacrifice to help usher in his presence. I'd like to go to the word of the Lord uh, very quickly on this morning. Believe that the Lord has placed uh, something on my heart. I want to be able to share it. I believe that somebody needs it on this morning. Glory to God. It might not necessarily be you, but it might be somebody. And God is so particular that sometimes he'll, he'll just leave the 99 secured so that he might be able to go and encourage the one that needs to be encouraged. And so if it's you this morning, just want to say this word is for you. And so if you would go with me to uh, the book of St. John, the 8th chapter want to read the first 11 verses there. I think I want to read 11. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, we'll read the first 11 verses. And then I solicit your prayers that you would actually pray uh, for us on this morning. That the word of God might be uh, communicated effectively. That the anointing of God would be here so that it might uh, accomplish that which it has purposed. If you have uh, St. John chapter 8, say amen. I would appreciate it if you'd read together with me. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, 
they said unto him, Master, this woman is taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses is in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when being convicted in their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Has no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. The word of the Lord is blessed. I want to take my thought this morning from, I know it, it may seem a little bit strange, but from the 6th through the 8th verse, because he says something here twice, and this they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him, but Jesus stooped down. And then again, in the 8th verse, after he had made this sentence, the Bible says he, again, he stooped down. And so would you look across the room and say at somebody that I thank God for stooping to save me. Thank him for stooping to save me. Precious Father, we honor you, we bless you. God, we certainly invite you into this setting, oh God, to take your rightful place. We realize, oh God, unless you speak to our hearts, Lord, we can't hear. And so we ask, Lord, that you would intervene even now. God, you have purpose this day so that you might be able to encourage the heart of someone, so that you might be able to convict someone of their error. God, that you, that the, and, and to demonstrate how loving you are. God, to look past their fault and see their need and stoop down. God, to, to save them, to establish them, to encourage, to give what it is that is needed at this moment. God, we appreciate you on today. God, when we realize how far we've come, that that we've come through, perhaps the mistakes that we made along the way, God, we're thankful. God, you're there, oh God, to lift us up, to give us strength, to encourage our hearts, 
to establish our way so that we might be able to meet your objectives and ultimately give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that's due your name. And so we celebrate you on today. Thank you for all that you have done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for every victory. Hallelujah, that you've enabled us to win. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the good days and the bad days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the tears. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But thank you, O oh God, that we're able to rejoice on today. We ask, God, that you will continue your hand that's good upon your people. Continue to lead us, protect us. Keep us, O oh God, from the evil one. We'll give your name the glory, all of the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Generally speaking, when we're communicating with someone, we normally communicate in, 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 in three areas. We're normally engaged and prompted uh, when asked to, to respond. We either speak to someone, we speak for someone, or we speak with someone. In this particular story, we see Jesus engaging in all three. One of the things that makes communication effective is our ability to relate to the person or the audience of which we're able to speak. We're able to identify, we're able to feel. It becomes important that, that we put ourselves many times in a position so that we might be able to have some sense of what the other person is actually going through so that we might connect more effectively with them. As a matter of fact, when Jesus got ready to save us, hallelujah, we have uh, the testimony, glory to God, that he allowed himself to be tempted in all points as are we yet without sin, so that he might be able to understand how we feel and not become so far removed, uh, glory to God, uh, hallelujah, when you, and, and realize when you first got saved, uh, not, be, not become so far removed that you forget what God did for you and how he brought you out, how, how he saved you, not become so busy that, that you don't have time to befriend somebody else or speak a kind word into the heart, into the spirit of someone else. You don't allow your yourself ever to get to the point to where hallelujah you climb the spiritual ladder if you will uh, glory to God and forget how it was that you had folk that would pray for you hallelujah somewhere along the way to help you to get there or become so successful that you've forgotten what it's like to struggle to reflect on the time uh, glory to God when you didn't have all that you have Hallelujah. When you had some things that, that were missing in your life. And I just believe that people will, will, will know that you have ceased to identify with them. When they overhear conversations. And those conversations suggest that you really don't have the ability to understand where the rest of us are. That you have for all intents and purposes sort of checked out. I'm telling you that we have to purposely go after the idea of not losing our common touch as a church. 
because it's possible for us to go beyond the people that we serve and, 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 and have the ability not to feel what they're feeling and not commit, glory to God, to staying grounded our own selves, uh, hallelujah, so that we don't end up getting out of the will of God, uh, hallelujah, just so that we could hang with a certain group. Because sometimes in so doing, we become irrelevant to the people that God has intended for us to serve. I'm reminded in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 3, the Bible says that God spoke to Ezekiel and told Ezekiel to go and speak to the captivity at Tel Aviv. And when he went, the Bible says that he went in the heat of his own spirit. In other words, uh, he literally said to himself, I know what to do. And that becomes the problem with the church today because many of us feel within ourselves that, that we know what to do. But this pandemic has proved to us that we don't know what to do. And it doesn't matter how much you think that you know, hallelujah, I don't care how far you've gone, uh, how many folk that you counsel with, uh, glory to God, uh, hallelujah, we need to make sure that we're in touch with God. Uh, it's the spirit of God that, that we're able to connect with that will give us the direction that we should go. Because if we continue to try to do things on our own, hallelujah, we'll be characterized like the old people used to say, that he's just going off in his own flesh. Thinking that we can accomplish something just because we're gifted, just because God has given us knowledge, just because we know somebody, because we're charismatic. Hallelujah, because we have the ability to tickle the ears of people with the words that we would speak. Uh, we'll ultimately build mountains of nothingness and not be effective in the kingdom of God. One of the things that we don't want people to do is to come to the house of God, come into a service like this hungry and leave the same way that they came. God intends to feed us from the throne of grace and we have to realize uh, that when we have opportunity to serve, uh, we're serving at the pleasure of God uh, to glorify his name. Because sometimes all people will have heard is the professional minds of men speaking out of the, their own vanity, leaving no deposit at all, changing nothing at all. Hallelujah. That's why it's important for us to pray. Because sometimes, uh, hallelujah, all that we think that we know and the things that we believe would be right to do, uh, we don't know whether those things are right or not. So we need to seek God uh, for answers. I'm remembering when David was at Ziklag, uh, hallelujah, and had lost everything. Uh, he asked God first, uh, shall we just let it go uh, or shall we pursue? And it was only after God told him to be, go and pursue, I'm going to enable you to recover it all, uh, that he went. But he had the presence of mind to seek God first. 
Because many times we are operating in our own flesh. And when folks start operating in their own flesh, hallelujah, they have semen but no sperm. They have liquid but no life. Words but there's no power. Hallelujah, they have inspiration but there's no impartation. They make you feel good but you don't go home spiritually pregnant. You don't go home with a seed. Glory to God. They leave you impotent. And so Ezekiel, the Bible says, went to, Z went to Tel Aviv in the heat of his own spirit, thought that he knew what he should do. But when he got there, he encountered the captives, the Bible says, and he was so astonished at what he saw. That for seven days, the Bible says, that he just sat and did absolutely nothing said absolutely nothing. And I believe that many of us feel that way right now. We have done everything that we know to do and we've got to a point to where we don't understand how it is that we're going to move forward from this and so we've decided we're going to be quiet. We're going to seek God. We're going to try to hear from the Lord. One of the things that I'm learning is how important it is for us, uh, certainly as God has blessed us, to look for opportunities to actually be a blessing. I've learned that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Don't try to come help me, hallelujah, based on uh, some books that you've read or, or some data that you've gathered, some TV, uh, hallelujah, or news bulletin that, that you have read. Uh, glory to God, uh, hallelujah, until you've sat uh, where I've sat. Uh, don't talk to me, uh, hallelujah, about anything. You can't teach me or, or, or share with me how I ought to behave, uh, how I ought to act. Uh, it's not you that that's in trouble. It's me. Uh, glory to God. Uh, don't try to point out to me what I should be thinking uh, until you have sat where I sit. Until you have felt what I feel. Until you have been through uh, what I'm going through. Uh, until uh, you have struggled uh, with what I'm struggling with. Don't tell me how I should act. And if you don't go, hallelujah, being sensitive to the will of God, I've learned that life will somehow bring you to a place to where you begin to experience the same thing, hallelujah, that you've looked past others who are experiencing. Hallelujah, when you start looking past their circumstance, look past their crisis, look past their dilemmas, think that you're beyond that and above that, God will abase you. Adversity has a way of bringing you to a place to where you learn how to connect with other people. This is a principle that cannot be violated. It cannot be gathered as a result of your matriculating from some university. No professor can give this to you. 
hallelujah, no church organization can give this to you. Nobody by, by, by putting an a, a oily cross on your forehead uh, can give this to you. Even God himself, when he got ready to redeem uh, man from sin, uh, could not do it from the lofty heights of heaven. But he had to come down through 42 generations. I heard uh, Sister Conway talking about this morning. He had to allow himself to be wrapped up in a fleshly body, discharged uh, through the womb of Mary. Uh, he had to sit where we sat so that he might relate to us in order to become a kinsman redeemer. He attended our weddings. He cried at our funerals. He walked where we walk. He sat where we sat. He saw us through trials. Hallelujah. He used his power to get us through tests. He prayed for the blind. He laid hands on the sick. Glory to God. And finally, after he had suffered a while with us, he began the redemption process. And it brings us to our lesson today because on one of those occasions, the Bible says uh, that early in the morning that Jesus came again to the temple and people came with him or after him. And he sat down as one who was having authority to teach them. And Jesus was teaching the next generation the generation that would, would break through the barriers of Judaism and religiosity. He was teaching them that they might break through the generation that would move past uh, types and shadows uh, of the Old Testament, the old guard uh, that was holding on to traditionalism. Uh, hallelujah. He was teaching them uh, the reality of a real Christian experience. What it really meant to walk with Jesus Christ. He was teaching them when the old guard, the scribes and the Pharisees, snatched a woman and brought her in to the presence of the teacher right in the middle of his class. And allow me to use my own imagination for just a bit to picture what this incident must have looked like. And one of the first things, as I read this, is the Bible says they caught her in the act. And they brought her to the teacher that they might tempt him. And in my imagination, Elder Ivy, I'm thinking it takes two to tango. The Bible said they caught him in the act. That means if they caught her, they caught him. And this just me thinking. They snatched her, let me use my imagination, out of bed, half naked. The Bible says she was caught in the very act and emphasizes that point. She didn't even get a chance to wash her face, do her hair, in my mind, put on her clothes. 
They drug her into the temple area and perhaps the only thing that she had to cover herself was a sheet standing before Jesus, trembling, shaking in the presence of all of those men. And they asked Jesus, what are you going to do about this woman? I'm not Jesus. But if it had been me, I would have asked, where is the guy? Was he related to you or something? You give him a pass, you snatch her out of bed. They must have been in bed together. What, you left him there? And so I got a little distracted. Now, these Pharisees were really something. See, you think you, we got something on our hands now. There was something going on back then. They knew the law. They knew the word. Like much of us, like many of us today, we know the word. It becomes a problem sometimes for us to do the word because we got the word everywhere. We got it on audio, video, CD. Hallelujah. We, we got it on the internet. We can just ring it up. Whoever it is that we want to hear, we just punch in their name. Here they come. We got folk in the congregation that have studied Hebrew and Greek. And so there are a lot of people that know the word of God. But just let me tell you, there's a difference between knowing the word and knowing the author. I'm not here to suggest that you should that you should abrogate your responsibility as it relates to knowing the word of God. The word of God says study to show thyself approved unto God. Workmen that need not be ashamed. But what good is it to know the letter of the law if you don't understand the spirit of the law? And so the Pharisees, while understanding the letter of the law, had lost the spirit of the law. And now here they come to challenge the author regarding his own words. I, that takes a lot of nerve. See, it's foolish to challenge the author about a book that he or she wrote. So, so they come into the room, and there she is. She's trembling. She's probably sweaty, frightened. Uh, this woman is the, in the presence of all of these church people. And I just have to believe that it ruined the class. The students are there. They're probably not saying anything. Everybody is wondering. Hallelujah. All the attention now is on the woman and on Jesus. What in the world is Jesus going to do? How is he going to handle this particular incident? And the Pharisees thought they had him. Believing that this was going to be the battle that they would fought, that they would fight to establish their theology over what he was teaching. Because they thought that all that there was to ministry was just knowing the word. All it is to ministry is just getting behind the platform, uh, hallelujah, and exegeting a text. And so they attacked him with words and reminded him what was written 
in the law of Moses. They threw the word in his face. They, they threw the woman on the ground. And they told him what the word says. And they told him what the woman did. And they asked him, what are you going to do about this situation? And what Jesus did, this is me using my imagination, is first of all, he just sat and he listened to them rant and rave and try to build a case. And the scripture says that he didn't say anything at first because Jesus was sitting teaching his class. He saw this woman they brought laying in the dirt, mud on her shoulders, mud on her elbows, probably dirt on her thighs and legs. By now, there's tears running down her face. Hallelujah. She's got hair all over her head. Hallelujah. Her, 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 her body has a certain disposition about it because uh, she's afraid. Her eyes are filled with torment and fear. She's embarrassed and ashamed and probably feeling disgraced. There is this hatred and venom in the hearts of these Pharisees and, and Sadducees who are threatened by the position of Jesus Christ, believing uh, that some way, somehow, his thought, his idea, his motive was to come and take over, hallelujah, the leadership responsibility away from him because their position was more important to them than being in God's presence. They say to Jesus, what saith thou to this preacher? And the Bible said that before he spoke, he stooped down. And all the while they were talking, he never engaged them in conversation. He did like Elijah did. Uh, he just nailed down on the ground uh, and didn't say a word. He stooped down. And the Bible said he started writing on the ground. They are acting out what they believed and he is acting out who he was. And before I say anything about what he wrote, let me just say this about his stooping. That when the law had caught all of humanity in the act of sin and degradation, and when Satan thought that he had for certain cornered God and was going to kill him, was going to try and destroy him with the law, and when all of man's future stood hanging in the balance and the impending doom of God's judgment was up on the face to fall upon each and every man, each and every woman, Bible said God slipped out of his judge's robe, stooped down and came to earth.
left the royal diadem, the heavenly host, divested himself of all of his pre-existent glory and stooped down from eternity into time. Stooped down from having a celestial body to, a, to, a, to a terrestrial body. He stooped down from heavenly praises all the way down to a lowly manger. As a matter of fact, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was, is just God stooping down. Paul said Jesus humbled himself and became poor that through his poverty we might be made rich. That's what the gospel message really is. That's what the good news is all about. The good news is about the falling souls. That when we were down and out, hallelujah, when we were knocked down all the way to the ground, we didn't have any hope at all. God, hallelujah, that stood above us in righteousness, stooped down and caught our falling soul. He looked beyond our faults uh, and saw our needs. Uh, that's why many of us are saying uh, we will forever uh, look. Hallelujah. And lift our eyes to Calvary uh, to view the cross where Jesus died for us. Isn't it funny that while religious men stood up, the Lord of glory stooped down. And all of the class is suspended. All of the students stood in awe. They are waiting and seeing what the master is going to do. The teacher has stooped down. He has stooped down because she couldn't stand up. And when I thought about what Jesus did for the woman, I couldn't help but to think what he did for me. Hallelujah. I thank God. Hallelujah. Because he caught my fallen soul. He saved me. Hallelujah. He gave me new life. And I thank him for it today. I thank God for new life. Hallelujah. I praise him for cars and houses and land and clothes and substance. But when I think about the goodness of Jesus and what he's done for me. I have to thank him. Somebody else has to thank him too because when you were on drugs, nobody could stoop down and lift you but the Lord Jesus. When you were lying and cheating, Jesus stooped down and rescued you. When you were steeped in prostitution, Jesus stooped down and brought you out. When you were unfaithful and unholy, it wasn't your mama, your daddy, your uncle, your nephew. It was Jesus. And I have to give him praise. I have to thank God for what he has done for me. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. It was a songwriter that reminded me that I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shores. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Very deeply stained with sin, seeking to rise no more. But the master... 
of the sea heard my despairing cry stooped down and from the water he lifted me hallelujah hallelujah glory to God now maybe some of you could stand up hallelujah but God had to stoop down to save me is there anybody in here that knows that God had to stoop down in order to save you hallelujah glory to God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah they weren't lying on me hallelujah they weren't lying on some of us some of us were caught in the act some of us were guilty we had to testify that I was wrong and according to the law I should have been put to death the devil had the rocks. He was ready to stone me. He was ready to put me out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They had all the evidence. It was stacked up real high against me. And it wasn't what Jesus said that saved me. It was what Jesus did that saved me. He stooped down. He reached way down and saved my soul. That's what the gospel is. It's God stooping down. Hallelujah. That's what ministry is. It's God stooping down. That's what being a disciple of Jesus Christ is. It's having the ability to stoop down and identify with somebody else's weakness. And saints of God, we can't help anybody until we stoop down. Before you speak, before you say anything about anybody, hallelujah, the, 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 the move that you should make is to stoop down. And so Jesus stoops down and he wrote, Almost as though he wasn't even listening to the Pharisees. Jesus stoops down and he is writing in the dirt. And, and in my life, I've, I've heard some people say some amazing things about what he wrote. One preacher once said that what he was writing was the 23rd Psalms. And when I was much younger, I heard somebody say that he was writing the lyrics uh, to Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But when I got older, I realized that's probably not what he was writing. Somebody else wrote that. But at the risk of sounding uninformed and even embarrassing myself before such an intelligent group as yourself, just let me testify and confess that I don't know what he wrote. I've studied it, I've run references, I've tried to glean information, but no information that's come to me would suggest and satisfy this mind that somebody knew what he wrote. So I don't know what he wrote, but I've been thinking. And I believe I know why he wrote. 
I'm believing his writing in the dirt was to say to some of us that I'm not afraid to touch you in your dirty place. I'm not afraid to touch the filth of your life. Uh, hallelujah. I believe that he wrote to say to me that in spite of my dirt and in spite of my wrong, uh, nothing can resist the impartation uh, of the hand of God touching you wherever it is that you're short. That he could put his word in the dirtiest places of my life and cleanse me from the guttermost to the uttermost. Excuse me for using uh, so many examples of lyrics uh, in a song. Uh, hallelujah. But I thank God uh, that when I was down and out, uh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that flooded my soul uh, when he touched me, something happened. He changed me and rearranged me. Hallelujah. He made me whole. And so he wrote to let me know that his word can make a difference in all of the filth of humanity. He wrote to let me know that he would write in my life, glory to God, whatever he would write. He would write in your life whatever he needs to write. And the secret would be safe between you and him that he wouldn't tell anybody what he wrote hallelujah in your life that it would remain a secret and finally Jesus rose up and said something now they are way over in the fight now and he touches her under her chin if you'll allow me to use my imagination raised up her head. He sees her tear-stained cheeks. He sees her skin knees. He recognizes her bloodshot eyes. She's trembling. She's shaking like a leaf, not knowing what he is going to say. He looks around at the scribes and the Pharisees who are all dressed up in their ceremonial garb. They look like the Sanhedrin going to court. They got all the scriptures prepared. They've got their Bibles open. They have already gathered together the rocks so that they might stone her. And Jesus has the nerve enough to say, he that is without, in the soft voice, sin among you, let him be the first to cast a stone. He didn't even wait to see their response according to the word. He just turned his back on them, stooped back down again, and began writing. He spoke to them. He spoke for her. And before the story ends, he speaks with her. And while he was writing, the truth of the text apparently must have hit the accusers smack dab in the face. Because not all at once, but one by one, 
the Bible says they dropped their rocks. Is there anybody in here that has ever had God speak for you? When the people were trying to kill you and one by one they had to drop their rocks. Have you ever seen God make your enemies throw down his weapons and begin to walk away from you, uh, hallelujah, and leave you safe? I'm telling you, uh, hallelujah, when you talk about, when you think about what God has done, uh, that alone will make you praise God. When they've got you dead to rights and they're closing in for the kill and you're trembling on the floor and you know that if God doesn't come in and intervene, uh, they're going to take you out uh, and somehow God says something to them that one by one, hallelujah, you've got a problem and that problem don't seem to go away. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A problem with the creditor, but one by one. Problem on your job. Problem with your children. Problem in your marriage. Problem with paying the rent. One by one. Have you ever been surrounded by problems everywhere, but one by one? Would you just yell across the room, tell your neighbor, God's going to make the devil drop his rocks. God's going to make the enemy drop his rocks. As a matter of fact, I believe I hear the sound of rocks dropping right now. I said, I hear the sound of rocks falling to the ground right now over your life. Hallelujah. I thank God that I can say in the scriptures, hallelujah, glory to God, I can say uh, like David, uh, hallelujah, that the Lord is my light uh, and my salvation. Uh, whom shall I fear? The Lord uh, is the strength of my life. Uh, of whom shall I be afraid? Uh, even uh, when my enemies and my foes uh, came against me to eat up my flesh, uh, they stumbled. And fail, though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fail. The war would rise against me. This will I be confident. I hear the sound of rocks dropping. Hallelujah. I just want to finish with this. I'm impressed with Jesus because. In order for me to get to this place today, it took me, L. Thomas, two and a half days to prepare this message. Forty minutes to communicate it to you. A message that Jesus spoke with one sentence. He that is without sin among you let him first cast a stone. One, that's all he said to them and it satisfied the entire thing. He makes this statement in front of the class 
and turns and begins writing in the dirt again. And once all of her accusers were gone, he finally stands up and speaks with her. Up until then, he had spoken for her. And he asked her a question. But she was still crying. And I imagine like many of us, even now, if you're not careful, you'll be still crying, still begging, still pleading with God about something that he's already dismissed. Somebody needs to look up and look around on today. One of the things that I believe that has been threatening us for the last nine, ten months. See, you got to stop crying. You got to stop wringing your hands and lamenting. And you got to start thanking God because the enemy wanted to take you out. But when you look around, somebody just say, I'm still here. Hallelujah. I'm still here because God has spoken for me. And God has sometimes to get our attention to let us know that he has spoken a word over our lives. That he stooped down. That there's something that he has for us to do. And when he finally speaks to the lady, he asked the lady, woman, where are your accusers? And she looks around and says, wow, I have none. He says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Would you give the Lord a hand of praise? I would that you would stand all over the building. I want to pray for someone on today. This is a perfect time for us to realize that God is in control of our situation. And I realize that it looks threatening. And many of us are living in fear but God has not given us the spirit of fear but rather of love and power and a sound mind no weapon that's formed against you will prosper hallelujah I hear God saying even in the song that that I'm the master of the sea and I have the ability to speak peace in your situation. And so I want to pray for someone on today that has forgotten, perhaps, that it's still in him that we live, that we move, that we have our being, that God is in control of your life. And we need to spend more time thanking God for what he has done, for what he is doing 
for what he's going to do rather than to lament about what's going on all around us. Would you bow your heads in a word of prayer? Gracious Father, we come thanking you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, because you've already established that when the enemy will come in like a flood, that you, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against him. God, and so rather than spend time worrying over what's going on, worrying about our situation, God, we're encouraged to take everything, God, to you in prayer, to cast all of our cares on you because you care for us. Somebody, oh God, hallelujah, needed to hear this word to assure them that you're the only one in because you're the one that we should put our faith, our trust, our confidence in because you're a nail in a sure place. You're an anchor for our soul. You're the savior, not only of our spirit, but our body in the name of Jesus. So we ask, Lord, that you would encourage the hearts of men and women everywhere. Give them to know, God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you're with us, that you're more than the world against us. Ask you, Lord Jesus, now to convince some heart, some mind right now. God, to, to give you control over their lives. To make you first in the name of Jesus. To denounce the sin because you don't want us to live a sinful life, but you want us to live a holy one. So we pray, God, for that, that you would anoint us to live holy. That you would anoint us to be righteous. That you would save us from this untoward generation. In the name of Jesus. God and as always we will be careful to give your name glory we'll give you praise we'll give you the honor in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth we pray we say thank you Lord thank you Lord amen and amen come on give the Lord a hand of praise thank you for listening today if you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.